Hi everyone and a very warm welcome to the new series of the Scottish Paddlecast from the Scottish Canoe Association. This series is aptly named People of Paddle Sport and we plan on catching up with the diverse characters across the Scottish Paddle Sport community. We hope that you enjoy this episode that we have lined up today. I'm Habi Litton and I will be one of your co-hosts for this series. I'm Roger Holmes. We hope you're all keeping well and are delighted to be joined today by Tom Wakeford, Joyce Johnson and Jim Gibson of Murray Sup Club. There are a number of clubs that have expanded into SUP as one of the disciplines, but Murray SUP Club is the SCA's first affiliated SUP club. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Thanks for coming along. Hello. In, in Series 1, we asked all of our guests the same question, and I feel like it's only right to kind of carry on this tradition as an opener. So this is open for everyone. If you could paddle anywhere in the world, where would it be, who would it be with, and in what craft? Um, so I'll kick us off. I think uh, I, I think if I said anything other than SUP, I'd get myself into a, a lot of trouble. So I think it's definitely going to be SUP boards. As for paddling, again, I'm going to play. I'm going to play it safe. I'm going to say um, paddling out with my wife, because I think I get into a lot of trouble if I said anyone else. Uh, and as for where, um, my wife and I, we've been making our way around uh, some of the, the Scottish Isles and the west coast of Scotland. And I think there's still plenty of places for us to explore. So I'd be happy um, managing to make it more than five miles from my house and uh, go in and see some more of the beautiful west coast of Scotland. Jim? Uh, my favourite place to go and paddle now would be back to um, Slovenia, paddle the, the, the Socha, and this time I would use the subboard. And you know what, I think I would just be happy paddling with anyone that's got the same mindset as me, that we, we go and have fun, enjoy company, and uh, just enjoy the whole ambience of the, the subboarding. Joyce, how about you? Oh, well, I would actually just go anywhere that there's uh, a loch or sea or a river that's deep enough to go on my paddleboard. I'm lucky that I've been paddling with both of these um, guests that we have tonight as well. So, yeah, just anywhere, especially in Scotland. That's great. And you all kind of gave quite a diverse range of answers in where you want to paddle. Can, can you tell us a bit more about your journeys into paddling? Yeah, well, I start... So um, I had done a little bit of surfing before, a very, very beginner bit of surfing, and I'd seen some paddle boarders out. I also have known Jim Gibson for a long, long time, and um, (laughs) I've actually used Aquaplay for family activities ourselves. So when I had seen that he was offering um, a chance for people to get together at Lossiemouth one Saturday, to try stand-up paddleboarding, I thought, you know what, it is just the right time, I'm going to give that a go, and turned up. Well, actually, we didn't turn up when we first tried it, because I think it was going to be in November, Jim, and you conveniently smashed your ankle so we couldn't meet. And so it was the following January before we um, got together at Lossiemouth on a Saturday morning, and that was it. I don't know what I would do on a Saturday otherwise. Jim, what was your, your journey into paddling? Oh, that's, that's a long story, isn't it? It started the way back in the 1980s. Um, we started, I think I reformulated the, the Murray Canoe and Kayak Club. Then as, as the so organiser of that, I became involved with the coaching scheme early days. So from the early 1990s, I've been um, involved with the coaching scheme. Uh, about 10 years ago, Aquaplay Scotland were looking at 
you know, offering alternative routes into paddle sports with customers. So subboarding was one of the one of the activities that we we looked at, and that that was the the start of the subboarding. Took me a wee while just to get into it myself. So I was still busy but kayaking at the time, and about five six years ago, that's when I seriously looked at subboarding and, and got into it from there. Nice. So how about you, Tom? What was your your pathway? Yeah, so my my route not quite as long in the tooth as as Jim, relatively uh, new to um, water sports in in general. Um, I moved up from from Edinburgh to Nairn um, a little over six years ago, and we moved into a little cottage down in the harbour area there. And having the water on the doorstep really kind of inspired us to get out and look to get on the water somehow. Um, we tried uh, a bit of kayaking. Um, but the little cottage there was there was going to be no practical way of uh, buying and storing kayaks there, so started to look for alternatives. And in the kind of latest range of inflatable sups, was just kind of starting to hit the market at that point, uh, or it started kind of people started becoming aware of them, and certainly I became aware of them. And that seemed to be the ideal solution for us, something that we could roll up and stow away, but also get out in the water and. Uh, get out and independent very quickly and so that uh, that appealed to us it was a cold february five years ago that we first had our, our first session but we didn't uh, we didn't look back wow all all fantastic stories and um, jim joyce you both touched on aquaplay you know introducing this new form of kind of uh, this new opportunity of trying out different type of uh, paddle sport craft is that how murray sub club formed is that where it all began, you know, just trialing out with Aquaplay? I guess the benefit of um, knowing someone like Jim and uh, him having a water sports company is that he has access to lots of kit. So when we first rocked up in that January 2017, was that, or 20, was that right? 2017. Um, most of us didn't have boards. Tom had a board, but... Most of us didn't, and um, and Jim did. So, uh, and he was generous enough to let us have a wee shotty, uh, um, so we could all get out on the water really, really quickly without having to make a financial investment in kit. You know, uh, uh, some of us had wetsuits and warm gear, and some people didn't, and it were it meant that there was enough kit for everybody who came along to get onto a board when they wanted to get onto a board. And I think that was a key thing to getting a body of people together regularly, regardless of the weather, because some of that weather <laughs> was pretty grim, but we went out anyway because we turned up and there was warm enough wetsuits and cags to play around with, really. Absolutely, I agree. I think, I think that was very crucial because whilst the price have come down significantly of uh, the SUP boards, they're still not an insignificant investment. And to kind of jump on and, and leap into purchasing one without having tried it first, I think, is, is a step beyond most people. So, so how was the actual club formed? You, you started with Aquaplay. So how, where, what, what was the catalyst to going from Aquaplay to, to, to becoming a club? As an informal group and as part of uh, Aquaplay, um, we've been meeting for three years 
um, and Jim has been kind of volunteering his time, coaching us and, and uh, showing us skills. And at our peak kind of summer last year, we were out and about with 30 plus, sometimes 40 people out on the water. Uh, and through that time, um, the more kind of engaged and, and keen members of the group have started pursuing coaching qualifications and leadership qualifications. And we kind of reached the point where the, the group was becoming self-sustaining, that there was enough people who could take people out, even if Jim wasn't available to, to join us on a, on a particular Saturday. And at that point, it starts to make sense to uh, affiliate and uh, form yourself as a club, gain a bit of uh, a legal entity and also kind of helps with kind of insurance and, and liability purposes. So having established that we had a core of people who are interested in forming the club, we just kind of, we took it from there. No, that's interesting. Um, so, so it started when, when, was, when did the club actually start? You, you've, you've got that catalyst, it's going, when, when did it actually start? Uh, one week before the COVID restrictions told us to stop. Uh, we had one official session, uh, having all the paperwork done and everything signed off. We got along once, and then uh, and there was whiff of that uh, something was on the horizon at, at that point already, wasn't there? Because I, I don't, I, I remember us not handshaking or, or hugging like we might normally do um, when we join in. But uh, yeah, yeah, um, we very quick, <laughs> very quickly stopped. Which um, is, I think, it's been a challenge for for everybody, um, club-wise. So not the most perfect of timing, but uh, at least the club was formed and, and under the way, I guess. Um, so how did you did you carry on with while COVID was affecting you? How how's the club continued? We've sort of organised uh, Monday night sessions on Zoom. I think everyone just just joining the Zoom brigade. We've delivered, well, we've offered sort of coaching updates, supporting members. Tom's done some things on expedition planning, expedition uh, contents of, of kit to take and whatnot. So, uh, and also, there's we, we have a little social committee that I've managed to avoid so far, but they've been playing <laughs> a lot of quiz nights. So there's there's a bit of bonding carried on all, all the way through. There's new members joining us and I think it, it's, it's actually been quite healthy results from what might have been a, a disaster for us, in fact. There, there, there was something really important about, uh, you know, the fact that we'd spent the last three years connecting with each other on a Saturday morning. Um, to do that when, you know, when everything stopped was actually really, really important. I, it was really important for me for my own mental health and well-being. And I remember when we met on Saturday morning at 10 o'clock on Zoom with our cups of tea, I could have wept because all of a sudden here was something that we had done very regularly and all I could think about all week was, oh God, that's it. It's gone for whoever knows for how long. And here my friends were back on screen. We were back doing our compulsory tea drinking <laughs> first thing on a Saturday morning. And I thought this all of a sudden becomes doable. And um, yeah, I mean, I, that, that has actually been really important. I think for those of us that have been heavily invested in this group of people for a long time, to be able to keep that connection going has been really, really important for lots of us at a very personal level. 
That's fantastic. And I think a lot of people, especially the listeners at home, they can they can relate to that, you know, if they'd ever been part of like a team sport or like a club at school or university, just kind of a sort of team mentality, kind of getting together, bonding over their, you know, their mutual love for the sport or physical activity that they're doing. But I think that's a really important aspect of the club in that we are all capable paddlers. Um, and a lot of people who come and join us become capable paddlers very quickly. But there's a lot to be said for the community that, that gets built. We could all go out and paddle on our own uh, independently, but we choose to get together as a, a group and as a social, social element. I don't think that can be underestimated. I agree. I agree. I think the social aspect um, is actually really important. And actually, Jim, you had a big role in making that happen from the outset because I think I thought I'd turn up for two hours on a Saturday morning and go, go away again. But actually, very early doors, we stopped and started, started with a cup of tea and, and finished anything that we did with a, how was it, what might you do differently, come and sit and chat and how school and what's happening. So that, um, that's all part of the environment that you want to create when you're creating not just people who want to be interested in a sport and want to get better at a sport, but actually want to invest something emotionally uh, about relationships as well. So um, I think it's, it was interesting because we kind of asked around what got people into SUP and there is a big thing around the um, social aspect of it. I think that is for lots of paddlers, isn't it? That kind of getting together and hugging and yeah, yeah. tribal thing and going out in the water and coming back and hugging. But certainly for, you know, it's obvious in uh, our SUP club as well. You know, we met as a group for a long time before and now we're a formal club, but that social bit is just so important. That's amazing. Yeah, you definitely sound like you've got a committee that's really, you know, focused on member engagement. And it's fantastic to hear um, such incredible reviews from Joyce. You've mentioned your members a few times now. What is the makeup of the membership at Murray Sup Club? Well, so, do you know what? Every day changes and grows, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> Does it? I, I crunched some stats uh, in preparation for uh, for tonight. So, as of a couple of days ago, and we've actually gained a couple of members since then. <laughs> as of as of uh, a couple of days ago, um, our average sub member is thirty six years old and sixty five percent female. <laughs> Sorry, Tom. Sixty five percent of our uh, membership are uh, ladies. Uh, or female, I should say, uh, and um, the average age is uh, 36. <laughs> We've obviously got some new young ones. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the juniors have brought the uh, the average age down slightly. the way, but okay. That is really interesting because actually, if you look at all clubs across, um, yes, you know, SCA affiliated clubs, actually, 39% of members are actually female. So booking a trend effectively on that. It's really impressive. It'll be interesting to see as more sub-clubs um, uh, join the, the SCA, uh, if that remains. Um, we, we asked around the group what it was that, you know, might have created or contributed 
to that um the fact that it would buck the trend in terms of paddle supports i think um and there were a whole load of different suggestions that came in you know the the women saying what the rationale was for them becoming involved so it will be interesting to see if other sub clubs across scotland have a similar profile um there seems to be some reoccurring things from from the people who responded um there certainly seem to be um some reoccurring elements so accessibility and kind of the perceived easy ease of getting on and, and getting getting proficient quickly I think uh, appealed that uh, and, and this is quickly and this this applies to uh, gents as, uh, as well as ladies but yeah. uh, it certainly seemed to uh, appeal to the ladies the the being out the the simplicity of it the ease of ease of self-rescue the connection with nature um, and also there seemed to be a kind of self-perpetuating thing in that um, it seemed to be that there was quite a lot of ladies doing it so that attracted ladies to doing it and I think there was quite an insightful comment that someone put on is that because it's quite new it hadn't kind of fallen into a particular niche yet it wasn't well that's something that attracts guys and it wasn't something that attracts girls but and the girls kind of kind of latched on well maybe this is something that we can make make ours do you, do you think there's something that other other canoe clubs that take part in other disciplines might be able to learn from your experience there's something about i think it being a new a new activity and not claimed that will make it harder for existing um paddle disciplines i think or it makes it a bit harder it'd be interesting to know how it compares with coastal rowing actually and what the balance there from male to female is i think in Lossiemouth. Um, or, or maybe along the whole Murray Firth coast, there are a lot of women who are involved in coastal rowing, and it might be again that 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 thing that it it doesn't it's not kind of perceived as a um, you know belonging to a particular gender. I, I think there is something about not getting too hooked up on gender, if I'm honest, and it's about the accessibility that's really important because I think we would all want SUP to be accessible, and it is most definitely accessible to small children, to dogs, to people in their teens, 20s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and so on, 80s, whatever. And, um, I, and so not just to get too hooked up, gender is really important, don't get me wrong. But I think we want to make this, it's physically accessible and we would want to make it accessible for therefore lots of people. Anybody who wants to come and try, we would want to support them to try that. I think it's also, it's quite powerful at our club, the social side of it, the supporting side of it, the, the, um, how easy folk feel about coming in and joining it. It's, it's, and that's probably because it's still a new process and it's been built from nothing where as if you've got a long established club that has a reputation for whatever it is, that, that then becomes a, a kind of closed door for a lot of people. Whereas our doors still swinging actually. There's there's you know, there's nothing there's nothing in place to put people off and I think I, I don't think even that because there's a lot of women in it, that doesn't put men off. 
joining us. So um, it is that openness, the support, the encouragement that we're giving people, opportunities we're giving people. It's non-competitive. There's, you know, it's it's relaxed. So there's options for people. If you're looking for a bit of excitement, we do white water. If you're just wanting a cam paddle, we've got the estuary. We've got surf going. Tom's trying to generate some race racing things going for us. So there's a bit of everything for everyone, and there's no pressure on anyone to to do something that they don't want. And because there's options there for people, you know, they, they're not being excluded because they don't want to go out with Jim Gibson doing a white water trip. They don't have to because they can do a Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon on the estuary at Lossie. You know, it's flat cam. What's your one of the th- mission? Yeah. And that's one of the things what I, that I particularly love about stuff is that the access is so easy, but beyond there, the, you can pick your challenge if you want to take it to that next level. There's so many different options from race to whitewater to surf to expeditions. Uh, it's just whatever you, you want to take a, a stab at. That, that's fantastic. And there's a lot that the listeners, I, I hope they, be, they were listening very carefully because there's a lot of great things to take in from there. You know, you guys, you're, you're all talking that subs, you know, very participant focused, you know, there's something for everyone. And you kind of talk, you kind of touched there on there about, you know, the future of the club, you know, dipping into di- different disciplines like sup racing, talked about um, white water as well. Um, we see more and more people taking up sup. Why, why do you think it is? Is it for the participation element? Is it because it's something new? What, what is it? I mean, there's another way of phrasing that question. Mm -hmm. It would be, why would you not take up some? (laughs) There you go. (laughs) (laughs) What is there not to love about stand-up paddleboarding? Well, do do you see people from other disciplines coming into SUP? Yeah. We do. And it's funny, I often, I've seen this in a a number of occasions. There is a very... uh, definite initial reluctance um, that people who are used to kayaking and uh, canoeing will look at that and go oh that's just a bit of a bit of a toy um, sea kayakers look at it well you can't go any major distance you wouldn't want to do an expedition on that or um, a canoeist where you can't go get too much in that you can't go on a long trip and then they try it and then they go actually that's quite good fun I've quite, I've quite enjoyed that. And it isn't quite as much faff as getting the other stuff out. And I could roll it up and put it in the back of my car and I could have it with me just whenever I fancied. And then quite quickly, they're, they're converts. No, that's, that's brilliant. I mean, it's clear that you, you three have got a massive passion for SUP and um, a real insight into to, uh, the, the discipline of, of supping is that the right, the right phrase I don't know um, <laughs> uh, it's really encouraging to see something growing and and despite COVID you've had new members join and things um, if you got one piece of advice maybe um, going forward what would it be to to others setting maybe setting up a sup club I think the fact that we have had people signing up during the COVID period um, whilst we're not running regular sessions shows that there's a real appetite for, 
for this and people are looking forward to getting back out and getting on the on the water so um there clearly is a it's in people's minds at the moment it is this kind of new and upcoming thing and there's a real appetite for people getting out so i think um it's kind of like the, the field of dreams thing if you if you build it people will come and so if you can start to form that little nucleus of the, of the group i think it will encourage more people in and i think it will grow quite quickly and and think perhaps we were slightly ahead of the the curve on this it'd be interesting to see how quickly we would expand if um we were setting up from now rather than three years ago no, that's really interesting no thank you that's that's fantastic. It was, uh, I like the field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. Um, if you inflate it, they will come. <laughs> brilliant. brilliant. Uh, I think that's really interesting. And we, we could, could probably talk all night about, about getting out on the water and, and supping. I can certainly talk about paddle sport forever. Um, uh, I guess a huge thank you to Tom Jim and Joyce, that was really interesting. We, I'm sure uh, our audience will have enjoyed that. Keep on out for future podcasts and please hit, hit subscribe and you'll ne never miss out and uh, stay safe. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Yeah.